You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yes, it is the Unpack Podcast here from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation talking about your what the hell was that? <laughs> Green Bay Packers uh, feeling good, feeling loose, uh, flying by the seat of our pants. No uh, pregame, pre-pod uh, chat or notes here. We're just going to roll because because the Packers are just rolling. I'm Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show at the Unpack Pod on uh, various platforms. Follow me at Zach Rapport on uh, various platforms as well. I'm joined by... Alex, I'm joined by Nick. Um, Alex and I, uh, both with busy work days, heads down, um, no preparation. Nick, apparently, it been taking copious notes for the last five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just get so excited in these positions uh, that we miraculously find ourselves in after a you know a monumental win and I want to go and take in all the content possible listen to Stenovich talk listen to Matt LaFleur and see I just like to see their smiling faces it makes me smile after a you know after a big victory so you know things are going either really good or really bad if you're like I gotta I gotta see what Steno says yeah I gotta go onto Twitter and watch the, like live stream <laughs> of Adam Stenovich <laughs> yep yep yeah thankfully for uh Thankfully, in our case, it's nothing but pure gold right now. So pure gold, forty-eight to thirty-two, the final score in Jarrah World. I I thought I really honestly thought that we were going to um, be talking about Mike McCarthy getting fired, the Packers getting Mike McCarthy fired (laughs) for the second time, and it turns out as of a couple hours ago, um, as we record this on a Wednesday evening, um, not the case. He's sticking around. Uh, Alex waving the Matumbo finger there. Yeah. Well, you know what firing a coach in reaction to one game would be, Zach? It would be a polluted mindset. <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> So I actually applaud uh, <laughs> Jerry Jones and the Cowboys for not... I mean, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people think he should be gone. I don't. Like, I, I mean, you know, He's done worse with better players. Put yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, in I'll, Green Bay. How about so, I'll, I'll tee this up for you because I've seen a lot of reaction to McCarthy not being fired from people at APC, from other bloggers around uh, the the NFC um, who are happy and excited for their teams uh, because they feel like I guess McCarthy is someone who can't get over the hump and does blow it in the playoffs and this that and the other thing i don't know what do you what do you say to that it's a weird narrative to have about a guy who did win a super bowl you know i mean and i know that there was a lot of not winning it with aaron Rodgers, but like you know there's really only 
one team that could yeah, maybe two, you could argue uh, that wins a bunch of Super Bowls when they're supposed to. And one of those is the Patriots. And, you know, I guess, I guess if you want to replace McCarthy with Belichick, be my guest. Or you could try to convince him. I, I don't think Belichick and Jerry Jones ever coexisting was ever going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just think it's funny that this is the game. I mean, look, they got blown out. The Packers defense actually played very, very well uh, for most of it and then stopped playing and then scared, I think, all of us. Just a little um, bit. Just into a, thinking that we were somehow going to lose like 51 to 48 in overtime. Just a little um, pee on the, on, the, on the front of the jeans. Just for a second. Yep. <laughs> and um, that know, just comes I, with age, Zach. Head coaching uh, candidate. Almost 40. Dan Quinn, probably <laughs> more under the gun for this. Like an inexplicably bad performance for a top five defense. That's what I thought. Everyone assumed undefeated. that McCarthy was going to get fired. And then I heard a bunch of people saying, well, and it makes sense because then he'll go and then Dan Quinn is the heir apparent. It'll just make him the head coach. I'm like, he's the reason they lost. <laughs> what they, are you they talking about? blown out and had no chance. Like, it, if this game lasted another two full days, the Packers would be scoring for 48 <laughs> more hours. Like, they were never going to stop. Until I think the Packers just scored another starters. touchdown, actually. Aaron Jones like, just ran one in. What is what is he? I know he's the head coach. What is he supposed to do? But I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to turn this into offensive McCarthy because that's also feeding into something that bothered me about this game is like how much of the narrative is dominated by the Cowboys, as to be expected, um, instead of the fact that, you know, we just saw a quarterback play his first ever playoff game and he was literally perfect, uh, other than a last second drop. Uh, I believe from Musgrave, which really pisses me off. I believe it was Tucker Craft, the... actually. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, it, was up... it was. Yeah, you're right. Uh, messing up the um, perfect quarterback rating. But anyway, there's way other, way cooler things to talk about. But McCarthy, <laughs> also, we love yeah, it. also important to bear in mind that the uh, Cowboys' lack of success predates Mike McCarthy. So, <laughs> yeah, and um... Dak being bad in the playoffs predates Mike McCarthy. Like, uh, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Well, um, I don't know. I guess we'll do notable nuggets, but really we'll just let's just shoot the breeze. This game was really, really something to behold, really exciting. And and I'll go first with um take a, a slight victory lap. Last week on the show, I said that the Packers would need two turnovers and they would have to win the time of possession battle. They'd have to control the clock, and that they could win a squeaker that way. They got two turnovers, one of which was a pick six. Darnell Savage, whose uh, next previous interception was like a year ago uh, against Minnesota, also a pick six. (laughs) Um, They didn't technically win the time of possession battle, but that's only because of garbage time. They were were owning it up uh, up until the fourth quarter. Um, the other thing I got slightly wrong is that I thought that was their path to a squeaker and this was anything but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. I think all of us kind of nicely done because we we sort of said everything would have to go right. And I mean, it couldn't have gone more perfectly. Like the Aaron Jones having his Aaron Jones kill the Cowboys game. That obviously happened which was beautiful and something to behold. Um, the getting some pressure on Dak, they didn't really, they almost didn't need to. That didn't happen until fourth quarter. I think they finished with like four sacks and nine pressures or something like that. But Dak did a good enough job of just kind of making mistakes on his own. Like defense played well, but the offense 
played so much better that it almost didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, those two picks were like, those were just, those were just great plays, reads on the ball. That wasn't, there was no like Joe Barry magic. That was two yeah, guys the who Jai- took an opportunity. I think that that Jair interception is maybe the most important of his career to date, which is a very, you know, a very impressive career. So, and it was just like a, a very manly takeaway. <laughs> manly takeaway, really, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'll, I'll just say too, happy for Jair, happy to see that play. I know like a lot was made of the whole captain thing and getting suspended and then coming back and everyone's like, oh, he seems so subdued now and he's not going to be on the team next year. And like, he's fine, man. Jaw's jaw. Mm-hmm. He's he's walking, walking by a newscaster <laughs> saying nonsense on camera. He's wrestling the ball away on national TV in a playoff game that they had no business being in. I mean, I love it for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, stuff all around. Who wants to go next? Give me a no nug. Nick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my notable nugget is that a guy by the name of Malik Heath, who's been a pretty integral part of the Packers offense down the stretch. I mean, he doesn't command a ton of targets or, or receptions, um, but was pivotal down, you know, and had like a really good, really big game against the Lions was um, an important piece, a possession receiver in these last couple of games was a healthy, a healthy scratch in this playoff game because they just have so much wide receiver talent that they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to get Watson back on the field. Um, Yeah. I think, I think the plan was to use him as a decoy, which I think worked pretty well and, and, and was the right move. And they wanted to get Jair suited up if they could. And I, you know, heard Matt talking about how that was a, a tough decision to make and not one that he he relished because he's the someone who's earned playing time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's definitely not an indictment of of Heath. It's just everybody sort of and we talked about it a little bit last week. People getting healthy at the right time. Like, unfortunately, we lost JJ in this game for what looks like, you know, it's going to be a pretty brutal comeback. But um other than that and a few other a few other things like Packers are pretty healthy right now and especially wide receiver like Musgrave coming back like hopefully we even get to see more of him next week because um just to have those weapons at tight end is so unbelievably uh novel within a, <laughs> within a Packers offense and like Romeo like big shout out to Romeo strong hands we, strong hands we said last week um, it looks like Wicks has maybe surpassed him in terms of the way the offense, the way Jordan Love sees him. And maybe that's still true. Wicks was trusted with one of the most important uh, plays, one of the most important throws of that game. But like, I think Ryan Wood brought it up on his, on the journal Sentinel podcast. Um, he and love have been like in a very young wide receiver room. Romeo Dobbs is the, um, the veteran, so to speak. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they've been and like, working out for years together. Yeah. And... Working, working out for years together. Um, he was that second team guy, um, taking reps when, you know, Rogers was still at the home. I mean, he's only in his second year now, but when he needs a shit, yeah. <laughs> One for the jar. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. Um, 
but that security blanket, like, and it's not even that Dobbs was like the forgotten guy, but when you have Reed and Wicks running around and, um, and Watson drawing so much attention across the middle of the field, like Dobbs is just going to get open with incredible route running and good scheme, but also like on some of those broken plays, the way he sat down in the zone a couple of times was was wildly impressive. Yeah. The scramble, the scramble drill. Um, Yeah. All right. You named a couple. Let's, let's count all of the viable NFL level pass catchers. The Packers have Watson, Dobbs, Wicks, Mm-hmm. Reed, mm-hmm. Bo Melton. Sure, he's on another team. If if he's not on the Packers, Heath yep. is probably on another team. Probably yep. on another team. Yep. Uh, Musgrave. Yep. Kraft. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Aaron Jones. <laughs> is that nine? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what's really cool about it is that, well, it felt like for a very long time, um. The Packers, you know, in the Rodgers year, ding, uh, the Rodgers years had um, some great receivers, but there was always some type of clear hierarchy. Yeah. I think I'm just over trying to guess who's a one, who's a two, who's whatever, because, uh, yeah, I there's no guessing that with this group. I mean, at least it seems that way right now. Well, like, and that's the Shanahan tree, like, uh, like platonic ideal of an offensive roster is that like you've just got a bunch of guys who can do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, which I enjoy. I mean, they all the, some of them bring more unique skill sets than others. But yeah. point is, there's not like uh you know a prototype to the Packer receiver in the way that I feel like there used to be, where like yeah. you know. Jordy was the clear number one option for a while. And then Devonte came on and he was the clear number one option. And then everyone kind of had to like fall into this pecking order. Like there, there really is none. Like the only, the only thing, yeah. The only thing that uh, draws close to a parallel there is that sports illustrated cover. When like, if James Jones is the fourth best wide receiver on that team with driver and Jennings and Jordy, like they're like, I never really looked at that team with much of a pecking order even though there was like driver at that time or maybe it was jennings already at that point who had taken over as the clear number one but uh the plethora is even more bountiful now yeah i saw yeah. a uh, a photoshop version of that uh of that uh magazine cover and they had like photoshopped all the like packers pass catchers uh, of today on all the old guys faces and they had to add in like one or two extra guys in the background because <laughs> there's just so many more <laughs> Mm-hmm. it reminds yeah. me of um uh that there, there's a popular like meme that goes around uh from moneyball about replacing giambi and but like in this case like Devonte adams is giambi he's like we're not going to replace Devonte adams but we're going to replace him in the aggregate and it turns out that like five okay guys who like seem like they could just all be swapped out at one point or another yeah. maybe can replace a, a Devontae Adams. Well, that's I the thing. There's, I actually there's... saw someone tweet that meme about this. Yeah, I um, believe it. So credit to unnamed <laughs> Twitter user that I forgot <laughs> and saw in passing. Um, Some guy saw while I was doom scrolling. I mean, that's I think... the thing, though. If you look around the league, like, there's plenty of teams that have, like, a true number, a great wide receiver, and then they have, like, another guy and then they have a bunch of players who are like on the bubble uh, in terms of like NFL 
viability. And maybe the Packers don't have that number one all-star player, but they're all viable guys. Yeah. It's pretty great. Pretty totally. Guy fence. <laughs> Can I uh, give my nug? Yeah, please. It's a little, uh, I hate to go this route. I really do. But like. <laughs> going to go negative? Yeah. Well, no, it's not really negative, but I feel like it's like unfair to a certain player. But like. Did AJ Dillon getting hurt make us the best offense in football? <laughs> like, um, did did forcing Matt's hand to just use nothing but Aaron Jones, save for spelling him when he actually needs like oxygen, uh, make us maybe the most dangerous offense left in um in the NFC? I don't Possibly. Know, it feels like it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say yes and because. I think the answer is yes. If you <laughs> if you run uh, Aaron Jones into the ground, you're gonna you know you're gonna see production. You're also eventually going to run him into the ground. You know, so yeah, it's like a gotta take the the good with the bad there. I feel like they they will want Dylan back if they can have him. Um, yeah, just because it's you know if by some chance they do win this game and the and the stretch continues. You know, how long can you count on uh, Aaron Jones to be a, a bell cow for an entire for an entire game over and over and over again? I feel like he's proven throughout his career that that's not the best idea, which is why they have managed him the way that they have in the past. Yeah. All the clamoring in the short term yeah. for more Jones carries um, because we like instant gratification and we have to call into question, why can't we get one of the best players at his position in the NFL, the ball more often, um, is probably, uh, paying dividends right now because he looks very, very fresh. Yeah. Definitely. And I really hope, you know, that, that continues, but yes, proceed with caution. Something um, about Dallas though, too. He loves, yeah, he does. Tex them. He's a Texas boy. Yeah. He just loves, he, he loves whatever just, that stadium has. I think he like, I never. I somehow went a full season without realizing how good our offensive line actually is. And maybe that's just because you look at everything a little bit closer in the postseason. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think I, you should let yourself off the hook there. I think that it's been a work in progress and that yeah, there was a point in the season form. where it was not going very well. Yeah. And they yeah. were kind of figuring out who was best suited for what role. And there's guys learning on the job and they've, you know, They've come together. They handled their business um, in Dallas. It was well. That also, was a, that was a, one of the more surprising things to me yeah. in that game. Also, just a quick shout out to uh, Aaron Jones and Pass Pro because he saved uh, some of the most explosive plays by picking up, you know, Micah Parsons or just just helping in general. Like um, small, athletic, uh, dynamic Aaron Jones was like a legitimate pass blocker back there which was so cool to see yeah indeed um any other observations from this game how do we feel about uh how do we feel about uh joe barry watch on this game uh, I, mean, he's <laughs> I think we, you, you almost just leave it alone at this point i don't know <laughs> i yeah. feel like matt lafleur after the game said that he regretted taking the starters out um and then he ended up putting them back in but like Sean Clifford isn't why the Cowboys were going to climb back into that game. <laughs> right. Joe Barry was the thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's really on anyone or anything. Um, at that point in time, I wanted Jordan Love out of the game, even though if you think about it, like if he's only handing the ball off, why does it really matter? But yeah, it, it was ne- it was never going to be the the offense to make a mistake. It was or like Jordan Love rolling out of the pocket and tweaking an ankle or something. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was it was almost all. Here's another thing that we can't use like the full. We can't get a full grasp of how the. It wasn't even a borderline collapse. It just made things a little, a little anxious at the end. Was like Zane Anderson was back there at safety. Your boy Zane. That's what I so, mean. Like yeah, and that was a Joe Barry decision. Right. That was you know that they both sides pulled their starters, but like, you know, Sean Clifford can hand the ball off. Zane Anderson can. <laughs> cannot actually play safety in the nfl that's yeah exactly so (laughs) joe 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 he's never just gonna come out unscathed yeah well i'll say this uh nick at the top of the show you said that this game kind of gave us everything that we could have ever wanted um and that's true because one thing that i think some of us wanted was a reminder to the uh front office and the coaching staff that (laughs) joe barry is not the best and maybe it needs to be replaced. And we got that uh, by the end of this game, I feel like. No kidding. It was Alex and I were watching together and looked at each other and we're like, this is the one and only time where I'm, oh, just because of the circumstance, I'm okay with Joe Barry's defense lining up uh, 10 yards off respective wide receivers because there's almost no conceivable conceivable way they can find their way back into this game. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> But realistically, it was still like, prevent of all prevent defense that still ended up failing yeah hey 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 joe all right what well, are you gonna do uh we'll leave it lie uh, at this point we'll leave it alone nick uh to to quote you um here's a uh here's a haiku that we got on twitter for a note nub it's coming in from steve baker thank you steve under dallas lights Jerry Jones sighs in defeat. We did it again. I would pay money for just like a in-game like box within a box view of Jerry Jones watching this game. Yeah, we got a couple looks, but it wasn't enough. Man, nothing makes me happier than like a greasy billionaire like <laughs> swiveling around in his chair in the in the owner's box like just flabbergasted <laughs> looking for answers and there are no answers i loved it yeah mr burns <laughs> oh, <sighs> um yeah i it's lambo south at&t and the packers have really made that a, a comfortable place to play so um where they're heading next week, not so much, but yeah. it's okay. I'll ask, um, I guess, w- one more thing here before we we throw it to break. Before this game, I feel like we all thought they were probably going to lose, but maybe had some cautious optimism. But after the game, I feel like there were a lot more people being like, you know, looking back, of course the Packers won, and of course the Cowboys blew it. Where do you fall on that? Do you feel like, like, it? Do you fall more on the of course side or like pleasantly surprised? 
I would I would go pleasantly surprised based on I knew they would be competitive. I didn't think they were going to go there to get smoked, but I don't think there's any way you could be like, of course that was going to happen. I mean, like, of course, of course they were going to almost hang say, 50 on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like put together one of the better first time, you know, playoff starter performances we've ever seen in the NFL. Like no way. Like no one actually <laughs> thought that. Yeah. And you know, I know that the totals at the end are not indicative, but there is no way anyone can tell me with a straight face that they felt the Packers defense would play as well as they did for, I don't know, for the half of the game that mattered. Yeah. Let's say. I mean, for, um, you know, there was a point in this game that it was 48 to like 16 or something. Yeah. I thought like, yeah, maybe they could pull off an upset, but the way in which they did it, I think made me more pleasantly surprised than like, of course. Cause like I, I, I don't think any of us dreamed that up. I mean, you dreamt up the recipe and the recipe was still a close win. Yeah. Right. So, My dream scenario know. was a squeaker. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. where they, where they managed to score 28 points. <laughs> what a fool I was. That optimism as last week compared to this week. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm going in with a lot of pessimism. Yeah. And, um, but somehow less than less pessimism, then a week, like if these games were flipped around, like right. less pessimism than I could have ever imagined going in with, which is still a good amount, but they showed they showed something very spectacular in in a scent that no one could have really seen coming. Well, if we want to, yeah, I agree because it, like if you're doing the whole thing where you can talk yourself into a possible, you know, I don't want to call it a miracle because that's overstating it, but a possible like serious upset. Like one, Brock Purdy has to probably make some mistakes. Like we have seen him have a game where he was like WTF bad this year. And two, like I think you're almost at the point where you have to question no matter how good a 49er defense might be and how many times this has happened to us in the postseason in the past, is the Packers offense so good right now in this groove that they're in, in this form that Jordan love has been in that they can score on anybody. And I don't know the answer to that. You know, yeah. like I, it, Tune it's in next to, time. That's like what we're going to find out in this game. I think. Yeah. It's really hard to, to say, like, it's hard to say that they don't have a chance when they, I mean, they just scored 48 points against an unbeaten at home team. That was a top five defense. Again, I keep going back to that, but like, I I think we're like the 49ers hauntings of the past are also factoring into the way I'm thinking about them. Like I look at them as an unbeatable, like dream team of sorts, but like they have a day here and there where like, you know, things go South. Whomst among us does not have a day we all <laughs> where have things go south. Days. I mean, you you know, you mentioned the Cowboys defense and like, yeah, there were uh, uh, a number five defense who had an inexplicable game plan against the Packers. They were playing light and they were That's playing thing, way yeah. off the ball and zone. They were doing they were they were they were playing on defense. What Packers fans would call the worst version of a Joe Barry defense. Ooh. And they and got didn't, smoked. And didn't correct it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think the Niners... Yeah, I guess the Niners are probably better coached from that perspective. Yeah. 
and have such if insane you talent. Around, if you yeah. flip this around and and we were the 49ers, I'd I would nervous. be really worried. Yeah, yeah. I would be I'd nervous. Be, I would be buying into like the we're going to be rusty thing and like they're the hot team. Like, so, yeah. you know, like maybe we should have a little more uh, swagger going into this one than we, than we as fans. I, mean, I say we, I mean us, like yeah. on the podcast, we're like, <laughs> this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, oh, no, no, no. I 100% agree with you. I wholeheartedly love this position. It's the most fun to go in with because not a soul, even the bravest among us are not taking the Packers. They think it might get close, but yeah. 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 It's a great position to be in also because, um, you know, we just get to go into it like wide eyed and excited and like, I'll be disappointed if they lose, but I won't Mm -hmm. like my world will not be shattered. No, lose this game. Yep. We've already, we've already had like a win that I can feel good about until next September. Yeah. Like, and that's what we got in Dallas. So definitely. um, um, all right. Well, we're going to throw it to break when we come back. We'll read some poetry and I, I assume we'll continue to turn our attention towards the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back and usher us right into the spa. Bay Area Spa. Communication has been better than ever. Plays built off of plays. That haiku was uh, co-written by Adam Stenovich. Uh, Nick, uh, you mentioned earlier <laughs> watching the uh, offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich press availability today, and you shared with me this. Um, tweet from Ryan Wood, which has a, uh, a transcripted quote from Adam Sinovich. And if you guys bear with me, I'm going to read uh, most of this quote here. <clears throat> he says, uh, he's speaking about um, basically the differences in having uh, Jordan Love, who runs the offense as it is called and intended, versus uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, who regularly kind of went off script based on what he wanted to do in the moment or what the defense uh, was showing him. So uh, Stenovich says, there's definitely value in that because half the time when you get done with the drive, sometimes in past years, uh, you'd be trying to figure out what play was called. So now we know what was supposed to happen. Um, But with Aaron, he would see stuff and make checks uh, and all that. And you didn't know exactly what was happening at the time. Um, So, but now we're all kind of on the same page. which is not to say that you know Aaron wasn't good because the results, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, the results uh, were there. But this is nice because at least you can kind of build, on, build an offense around that, build plays off of plays as the game progressed. Hey, we did this. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. I think our communication on the sideline has been better uh, just from that aspect of being able to, as the game progresses, have plays off of plays and things like that. So it's been a huge advantage this year. Uh, and paraphrase quote that I did a bad job there. But um, this is, it's really, really interesting. And I feel like Steno was trying to like walk that tightrope of not mm-hmm. trying to throw uh, 
Rogers under the bus. <laughs> um, but he does a little bit in so far as, you know, we've talked ad nauseum and it's been a, a storyline this year about the Matt LaFleur offense. And we're finally going to get to see the Matt LaFleur offense. And I think that, you know, some of that is malarkey, but only some of it because, um, because part, I think part of what Matt LaFleur wants to do, and this is, I mean, any good play caller really wants to do this as Stenovich noted is build things on other things. You call something earlier in a game to establish a look, to set something up off of that play later in the game. And it is, hard if not impossible to do that when come halftime you're not actually sure which plays were run and which ones were called um and so that's you know it's it's interesting i think we've seen it come to fruition here the last few weeks with you know jordan love's been great he's really you know come on like a like a fireball it's been it's been great but i think a lot of it has been a, a bit of an offensive play calling and coaching masterclass. And I think that is uh, to turn our attention to San Francisco. One of the key differences uh, between this coming matchup and past ones um, is sort of that ability for Matt LaFleur to do some of this in-game building on things. Um, so I, I hope to see some of that in this game and I, I think it'll, uh, hopefully give us a little bit of a of a different result than in the past. Yeah. It was uh it was a a relatively diplomatic way of saying <laughs> I now have an opportunity to run the offense. We have an opportunity to run the offense the way that it was designed to be run, which allows us to be uh more effective in the long haul. So yeah, that was great. Do you remember talking about this after the Bears the the week one game against the bears where uh someone at the at jordan love's locker asked him like uh were there things that you like audibled into and he kind of like he's like audible no no i just ran the plays that i was supposed to run like we have we've, we've got yeah. you know, we've got some stuff canned and we can make some checks and he essentially said the same thing in his locker today he's like i don't get outside of what the game plan looks like because like and god he has to be so frustrated week in week out hearing that aaron Rodgers ding comparisons um <laughs> but um and you know there's some there's some validity to a handful of them but you're just like i'm i'm a uh a young football player who is asked to work within the system and do an exemplary job within the system yeah. and he's able to do that and yeah it's 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 I think it's a lot easier as an offensive coordinator to not have a de facto offensive coordinator on the field sabotaging your game plan. <laughs> D- despite, Sabotage is what, the non-diplomatic word. Yeah, despite what the end results can look like, because it's not a long-term recipe for success, especially like in in a team as young as this. So, like, yeah, that's it's yeah. it's it, it's cool to see um, Jordan Love say that when also like still making one of the most uh incredible checks on that zero blitz ever so like that's that's something that he has autonomy to do he's not drawing up brand new plays which obviously he's he's not you know he's he's not veteran enough to do that but uh yeah how that works when you know you do the things you're supposed to and eventually see results i agree with you zach this 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 just has a certain different feel to 
to kind of play chess against Shanahan. LaFleur has never really, really been able to do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like I feel super optimistic about this game, but I I think it will be um, something different to watch, and I'm very intrigued and excited about it. Mm-hmm. Who wants to uh, read a poem? Uh, Nick, do you want to read? Alex, do you have to write a poem? <laughs> yeah, I guess I, uh, I I've written one in my head, and I'm writing it down. All right, Nick, why don't, why don't I go? Yeah. <laughs> Little uh, how the sausage gets made here. Why always must our fate rest in the stupid hands of San Francisco? (sighs) I think somewhere, somehow, deep down in our collective unconscious, we knew we would arrive at this. Um, And it would not be peak pain without our season coming to a screeching halt at the hands of my least favorite team and fan base in all of professional sports. Um, and hopefully it does not come to a screeching halt, but you know, if it does, it was, it felt like it was always going to be this. And I'm probably going to get some vitriol for this, but I don't care. It's sports talk radio, Nick time, fake internet sports radio, (laughs) fake internet sports radio show. Uh, no one, I don't think anyone is going to discredit the success of Bay Area sports have had over the past decade and even further out from there. Uh, Giants, three World Series, Warriors, four, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But the entitlement <laughs> that comes with that and somehow trickles into the Niners fandom is so unnerving to me. And <laughs> the blind faith, the lack of nuance or ab- objectivity that they sort of possess when they analyze the game. Um Anyway, I, I mean, I'll stop there because I already sound like a whiny baby who just always loses and gets bullied by the mean big Niners. Um, I just hate them. I, I hate them so much. I mean, mean I, big. I think that's um, an astute observation. I mean, I remember watching the um, the Kaepernick went God mode uh, playoff game against the Packers. I was um, still living in New York and I watched it at a friend of a friend's house. He's really cool, super nice guys that I knew from uh from being in a band they were all in a band and um they were just like the nicest most chill um just amiable fellows and then halfway through this game they became the most insufferable assholes <laughs> that i can imagine it's almost like it was it's torturous almost of, it's almost true of all of them i the, a, a large portion of my friends i mean there's a big bay, bay area contingent in new york um and, a, and i'm friends with a lot of San Francisco kids and all of them possess the same level of horrible, annoying person to watch a San Francisco sporting event with, because everything that their team does, it doesn't matter. Like they, they, it, it's just like Brock Purdy is the second coming. And even after the four, interception game against who the inevitable MVP is going to be. He's like, well, you understand like he would have won and he is the best quarterback in the NFL and this, and, and this team. And I just, I, I can't, I can't really wrap my head around how blind their fandom is. Like they, 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 they don't really look at shortcomings unless 
the team is so bad, in which case they totally abandon the fandom altogether. So yeah, a quick little um, a quick little plug. If you haven't yet uh, the show prior to this one in the feed, reporting is eligible. If you haven't listened to that yet. Um, this week's guest is Rich Madrid, who does film breakdowns um, at AcmePackingCompany.com uh, of Packers stuff. But he is a Niners fan um, and also uh, writes about the Niners elsewhere on the Internet. And he is um, what I would regard as a very reasonable uh, Niners fan um, with with film analysis chops. So he has some pretty um, well-researched and unvarnished opinions of guys like Brock Purdy and... Mm-hmm. Um, and uh Warren Burks <laughs> and some Warren Burks. yeah and some and some other guys uh, it's definitely it's definitely worth a listen good i will i i have not had the chance to listen to that i always do um i'll go back and listen but that's that's a type of perspective that is not commonplace with the the casual it's not your fan experience yeah. yeah it's not my experience and whatever bring on the hate if we have niners fans listening to this i'll take it on and try to please try to prove me wrong i know you yeah. won't that's funny. Um, I saw um, leading up to this game against the Cowboys, I saw Aaron Nagler tweeting back and forth with some people, and he basically was like, "Nobody hates the Cowboys anymore." Like Packers fans, you need to remember, we hate the Cowboys, and like I do hate the Cowboys, but we've also like kind of owned them for a little while, and it's you know after a while, like you you still dislike them, but like hate is not. The yeah. word that I would use, the Niners, on the other hand, I hate the Niners hate. because they yeah. always, uh, you know, to, I mean, it goes back to McCarthy, but specifically with Lafleur, you know, like Shanahan has kind of spanked Lafleur a couple times, um, and it's been embarrassing. And I know that was with, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, and hopefully it'll be a different story this time. But you know, that's the to me the 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 fuel, the hate fuel, um, fuel for the for the hate game. Is uh, <laughs> is is from you know like a couple times of getting spanked or like really close uh, yeah. games or like there's something behind it you know and it's just like I don't feel that same way for the Cowboys I still hate the Cowboys I always will but like right now we they're just kind of like this little brother that is like somehow also the most popular team in the world um, the Niners you inflict some sort of pain to be hated and our most recent memories of the Cowboys are all really good ones. I mean, the Jared Cook catch leading oh. to the Mason Crosby game winner. Even thinking back to Eddie Lacy carrying the Packers to victory in the absence of Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, yes, this jar is uh, getting full. Yeah, was that a was that a Scott Tolzien game? I think it was. Scoots. It had to be, right? I think so. It was one. It was it was during that circuit. Or did they bring Matt Flynn back for that? It might have been he, Matt he, Flynn. I can't remember. Him? I just remember a spin move that Scott Tolzien <laughs> span yeah. into, spun into the end zone. I can't remember if that was a Cowboys game. Um, but either way. Anyway. <laughs> um, you want Alex, did, did you finish counting syllables? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finished my homework after class began. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. You read a poem, I'll Google Scott Tolzien. All right. The top candidates usually start out with real Super Bowl hopes. I just want to take this moment while we're all feeling peaceful um, (laughs) 
to uh, keep the music going to practice some gratitude um because this my friends is where we have arrived i think it would be foolhardy to not consider jordan love as a potential 2024 nfl mvp candidate and the fact that we are here is insane but and the point of the haiku is if you name any other quarterback who's a legitimate MVP candidate next year, they're going to probably fall somewhere in line with who the super, what the Super Bowl odds are for their respective teams. So I want to practice gratitude for this year, this run that Jordan Love has taken us on. But I also want to just think about beyond Saturday night, let's say we lose, our hearts are broken. We're looking at next season, probably being favorites for our division. Maybe. I know that the other the current division title holders are playing this weekend as well and will be favored to go to the conference championship game. But, I mean, let's be real. This was their one year. They got the gap year, and now it's fucking (laughs) on. Like, we are literally (laughs) going to have an MVP candidate probably be, I don't know, somewhere in the top 10 in the league, at least, and Super Bowl odds going into next year as a result of that, barring any type of collapse. Like, if he goes and he plays an outstanding game at San Francisco and loses, I don't know, 30 to 27 or something like that, like, you better believe that wave is (laughs) We're riding that wave in the next year. Like, how are, how is this where we are on January yeah. of 2024? We are insert we are so uh, lucky, man. It's insert the Justice Mos- Mosqueda quote tweeting every positive Jordan Love stat with 15 more years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 15 more years. This is oh, our baby. birthright. It really is starting to feel <laughs> that way. Um, yeah, man. Um. Again, I don't, we don't have to do this whole exercise. I, I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Patrick Mahomes, probably always up there. Seems like maybe they need to change some things there. Maybe get him some real help. Uh, Tua, like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like the right time for someone like Jordan Love to emerge. Um, and uh, he he sure is emerging. Um, uh, that you just you just loaded up the train with coal, baby. Uh, that was Josh inspirational Allen, as hell. Like, okay, he's up there, but like everyone we're talking about, like those are like serious Super Bowl contenders, right? So, yeah. like, are we just going to be in that conversation? I think we yeah. are. Let's um, get a uh, pulse check on Nick Bornhammer. How's your heart rate doing? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> beating through my chest. Does that get you more excited than the uh, Cowboys fans might have been after Jimmy Johnson's halftime? <laughs> The the, the most uncomfortable I've been. That was so crazy. Like, I understand what they're doing, but like everyone else on that set had to just be like, God, do we have to do this, guys? Like, come on, Fox producers. Are you really going to make this man do this? Um, Um, Anyway, to fact check myself, I conflated my backup quarterbacks during that 2013 run. So Matt Flynn did lead that crazy comeback against the Cowboys. Packers were down 23 points in that game. Yep. Yeah. But um, to bring it bring it full circle, guess who the current quarterbacks coach is in Dallas? It's not Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien. <laughs> that is Are you kidding? <laughs> no. He's the quarterbacks coach for the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> yes. 
like the ones we just played. Yes. Yeah, not the Pee Wee Dallas Cowboys. Not the. Uh, was yeah. he the coach on Sunday? I, be- I believe so. <laughs> Holy crap. He's a pretty generic looking man. So if they panned over him, you would never know it. That's amazing. He made an impression on Big Mike. Good for him. I did see Al Harris. Shout out Al Harris. Looking yeah. good. Uh, one time, you know, when Al Harris and I used to live in the same town, actually. Uh, not He lived in like a really posh neighborhood and I lived in a regular one. But uh, it was cool. I ran by his house a couple yeah. times. He was, he, was, he was my guy. Ran by, like he sprinted by and just shouted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want the ball and we're going to score. Um. Oh man, epic! Did you ever like run into him at like Woodman's or something? <laughs> wait, no. What was your your store down there, Publix? Yeah. Oh yeah, Publix. Oh wait, where good. this was in Florida? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, not Publix. in Wisconsin. No. He so he's from Florida. He's from very. He went to high school very close to where I went to high school. Later, much later, obviously. Not obviously. We're not that far in age, but you know. Um and. uh yeah, I would see him around every so often. People would like bump in him or he'd like go to high school football games when he was around and it was cool. Great guy. Um and great player. One of my favorites as a Packer. Um we've had some really cool defensive backs, actually. Yeah. Like on our, our like guy, our all time guy team. Some of the headliners, I think, are defensive backs. Not guys like we mean guy. I mean guy like cool dudes. Dude, yeah, I'm all over. Mike the place. McKenzie, I, I'm like, I'm like all over the place, like literally envisioning us like playing this, this Super Bowl next year. Um, dude, remember when uh, people thought the NFC North was like, you know, there was like a tide turning, on like who reigns over it? That's so crazy. Uh, I hope the Lions the gap year. I do. Yeah, it was the uh, gap year. The Lions got it. Good funny. for them. And uh, you know. We'll talk about it again in like another 12 years. Yeah. They're going to keep trying to roll out Jared Goff win a Super Bowl. Not impossible, but what are the Vikings going to do? Like, I'm not worried about Kirk Cousins. And I I really do appreciate what Goff has done with um, this second chapter of his career. Yeah, yeah. Goff's a good quarterback. Cousins yeah. is a good quarterback. I don't think either of them are great yeah. quarterbacks, though. And if you've got a guy who's like, even just like on the cusp of that, you're you're in better shape. Yeah. And it feels like where we're headed. How many mm-hmm. quarterbacks make the throws that Jordan Love made at Dallas? Like the I'm thinking specifically of the one over the middle to Dobbs that was like a dig route that took a long time where he like reset his feet again. Uh I'm thinking of what was the other one with the crazy arm angle? Was it the touchdown? The what, well, that would that touchdown did well. The off the back foot was Wicks, and then the, the, the one, one that you were going again was like absolutely absurd. That, that's the one you yeah. were going nuts about. The yeah, well, kind that, of like that's, that's on there. Like this, the past two weeks, I've got two like I'll never forget that throw throws from yeah. already. Yeah, um, I remember it was a uh, maybe a month or a bit far of throw, which is maybe crazy. like a month or so ago. I you know we had a little check in, and I said, "What do we need to see from Love the rest of the way?" I think this is when we assumed their playoffs were not a thing. Um, and I just said, like, I would like to see, like, at least one more wow throw in every game just to prove that he continues to have that in him and it's, like, not random. And we've gotten, like, three a game since then, sometimes yeah. four. <laughs> Nothing but 
jaw droppers, basically. So I mean, getting... forget off platform. Try no platform. He's just yeah. like in the air. Just, it's like a levitating. Mad <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, love it. Insane. 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 We're so lucky, man. Indeed. It's great. Speaking of luck, Ooh. it is time to head on out to the dirtiest corner in town, degenerate corner. And uh <laughs> the dirtiest corner. <laughs> Um, collect our winnings from last week and see I mean, if we yeah, can make a few bucks he, here. Do you have it pulled up? Because I think we did pretty well. Uh, Jordan Love passing and rushing yard combo over 257.5. Way over. I mean, he uh, went that over that just in, just in passing yards. I don't think he had any rushing yards. Oh, he had negative one. Negative one rushing. <laughs> um, Dak Prescott pass and rush yard combo under. I now... That way off, that one feels cheap. Yeah. Spiritually correct, I think. Yeah, spiritually yeah. correct. <laughs> like that's a win. Um, but I mean, he collected a lot of garbage time stats, and I believe he had over 400 yards passing by the time the game was over. Yes, yeah. and Nick and I, uh, we did not have time to do this on the podcast um, because these were not out there, but we did tee up a uh, four-leg same game parlay. Uh, that we ended up winning. Um, oh, do tell. So uh, I want to say, as I scroll to it, wow, I was betting a lot this weekend. Quite yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Um, scrolling. It's alarming scrolling. how much Keep I'm scrolling. Ah, <laughs> uh, we it was uh, Aaron Jones sixty or more rushing yards. Ceedee Lamb eighty or more receiving yards. Spiritually incorrect, but I'll take it. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> Aaron Jones, anytime touchdown score and over 45 and a half, uh, which was an alternate total on the game. Every over on the game went way over. Um, and uh, Jordan Love over 225 passing yards was also part of that. So it felt like a hopeful yet safe-ish parlay. I kind of want to do something similar for this Niners game. And we do have the ability to work in a lot of props already because we're playing Saturday. So I don't know. We could we could do some cooking live on the live on the non live show. Um, That's usually how we do it. Or, I didn't uh, live show. So That's a new slogan. <laughs> we'd we we'd, so closer to we'd also we'd also be remiss not to mention that we said Dontavian Wicks anytime touchdown score oh, yes, plus yes, two ninety yeah. that hit and Dak Prescott over thirty six or thirty seven attempts or something which he had sixty I think. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I think so. Like something close to that. Why didn't I have Wait, those on me, the sheet? But I do remember it. you saying them. Um, Dak Prescott, yeah, forty-one for sixty. <laughs> oh man, Jeez, that's, yeah. Let me tell you, sixty pass attempts. You were losing that game. Yeah. So usually um, we did. Uh, did we okay. Did, All right. Yeah. Well, three out uh, of four. Three out of four for the nominated ones, and not on the show was the five-leg uh, parlay. So good for us. Now, what, what do we, we got coming week? up here for uh, for the divisional round? Yeah, we got a lot to work with. I kind of want to take. Uh, I wrote it and then accidentally just deleted it on the sheet. <laughs> um, I kind of want to take the Jordan Love over again, and my rationale is that if they're not playing that well and they fall behind, that we're just gonna have some garbage time yards anyway. Um, so 
All he needs is 250. It's 249 and a half for Jordan Love. And uh, I'm riding the hot hand. I'm taking yeah. it. Okay. Taking, taking the, over. the over on 249.5 passing yards. Yeah. All right. I mean, my guy's out here playing some of the best football of anyone right now. So doubt about I, your risk. Yeah. I'll ride that with you. Um, it's it's so hard to predict. Obviously, we spent you know the entire first half of the show talking about how much they spread the ball around and how much wide receiver talent there is. Um, but don't you feel like Jaden Reed is owed a, a couple receptions after? Did he have a catch? Did he? I don't even think he had a catch. Did he? No, he had uh, I think three targets and no catches. So his over under is forty two and a half. Hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of on pace with where Wicks is. He's at 35 and a half. Uh, who else? Jaden Reed's one of those guys who like, he just needs like two catches to go his way to break. Yeah. Up. So that's what, that's what my gut is telling me. So let's throw that in there. So you're going to take the over on that. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think, um, you know, going back to, like you said, talking about, how many viable pass catchers the Packers have. You know, I think we all expected um, Reed to be a big part of this game plan. And I think the truth is that the Packers knew that the Cowboys also expected Jaden Reed to be a right. big part of the game plan and, and made you look, you know, they went elsewhere. Right. They went to yeah. uh, Luke Musgrave flying down the scene. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite plays of the, of the season. And one of my favorite screen grabs of the season with not a defender anywhere in sight statistically the widest open receiver of the season by like some some next gen stats metric it's so awesome um, and didn't fall down <laughs> and everyone was definitely giving him razzing him a little bit for <laughs> finally staying on his feet yeah and i don't know if that was an off-platform throw i think i think there was like maybe someone in love's face but that ball also was like it was a little short so <laughs> he had to like come back for it it was a it was the uh clumsiest ugliest long bomb wide open touchdown you'll ever see yeah, there was such a margin for error that it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, really quick, two more that catch my eye. Uh, Aaron Jones is at 69 and a half rushing yards. So we all know he's gone over 100 for three, is it three games in a row? Um, on a, one of the most impressive tears of his career. Um, this defense is a wildly talented defense and the front seven is wildly talented so that's tough i don't know that i want to take it or not but i feel like they're going to enforce the run so much still maybe the game plan's a little bit different like but i don't know where do you where do you fall on that one i have a hard time not taking an aaron jones prop yeah, maybe it's receptions. I don't know. But the other one... Let's look at that, too. It's three and a half. You could do it under, but it's not, no fun to root for that. I, You know what? That's not like we love to talk ourselves into things. 69 and a half. The other one that seems unfathomable not to um, achieve is Debo Samuel, 15 and a half. Like, one end around, he's going to get that at some point. Yeah, that feels... Uh... That feels like a given. Um, on on the 
Aaron Jones prop though. Yeah, what D-Bone is? Did we get an injury report? What is AJ Dillon's deal right now? Is he still being held out? I think he was a DNP. Yeah. I have it pulled up actually somewhere. I mean, I'm sure the number is also influenced by whether or not they think he's going to play. I'd be more comfortable if I knew that he was not going to play. It's because 70 yeah. yards is, you know, that's, it's a lot. I know he's had four straight games over a hundred, uh, which is great, but you know, that is, um, that is against type for a Packers team. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's going to... I don't think Dylan's going to play. I don't know. I, I say we take it because YOLO. Yeah, I'm All on right. it. I'm, I'm going right. officially. Sure, why not? I'll take it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let's go. Let's go, kids. I'm not actually betting. You guys are, so I'm just—I'll just say that I'm taking it. Hey, now, you, yeah, you feel a little frivolous. You want a little game day action, Zach? You know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do—should have been doing it as we go—is I'm going to build everything we just said into a parlay and see what we, uh, what our odds, what our odds look like. Go for the clean sweep. <laughs> if we say all of these things happen. Yeah, hey, right last week we needed a lot of things to happen, and yeah. they kind of all did. So, right. let's see. Who's, yeah, we got Aaron at sixty-nine and a half. Yeah, Debo. Uh, Debo, fifteen and a half. Yeah, that, oh, dude. That, I mean, that seems that's like one that we're like that's a such a lock, and that'll be the one to get us. Maybe. Also, Ayuk's um, probably going to have one of the. I don't know, dude. I, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens in this game. It doesn't matter who gets us. Forty-two. It doesn't matter for the Packers. Reed. That one's a. That's not an easy ask. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. It that's gets a, you to plus nine hundred on a on a parlay. All right. Fine. <laughs> really? Is that it? <laughs> All right. Fine. It's in. Okay. <laughs> We're really peeling back the curtain here on Degenerate Corner this week. Yeah. There we go. Um, any uh, parting words here? How do we? How do we really feel? About this game, Nick, you you're, you've been riding high, chest Dude, thumping, your heart thumping yeah. through your chest. I'll, I'll I'll say it with my chest. Uh, this is the most fun I've had watching a team since that 20, 2010 Super Bowl run, um, in the back half of the season. That is like obviously we were we were down on Barry, we were down on some things. We can maybe we thought we were confusing youth with incompetence, but it just took enough of the season for this all to bear itself out. And it's the, the scrappy underdog is the most fun position to root for your team from. So it doesn't matter. I was kind of like speaking as Alex was uh, cooking up his degenerate bet, but I, it doesn't matter what happens. Packers could lose by 40 points and I'm still, I'm still happy because I don't think Jordan love is going to come out and look like he's not the future of the franchise, so yeah. I'm happy. And if they lose by forty, <laughs> Joe Barry might. And Joe Barry's gone. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't Positives think they will. All around, as far as the eye can see, I think the Packers cover the spread at ten points. It's down to nine and a half now, but down to nine and a half. Yeah, was that ten before? Ten. I think they cover ten points. I'm betting. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go down with the ship. I don't mind. Still got a toe on the corner. Still, mm-hmm. yeah, still I can't quite out. get off. <laughs> oh man, Alex. All right, closing thoughts. What do you, what do you think about this game? 
What's your vibe? Uh, yeah, I think my vibe is uh, similar to that of going into last week from the standpoint that it feels like a free hit. Continue to have that mentality that we're not supposed to be here anyway. Yep. Um, while simultaneously maintaining that bit of belief that we're this is our birthright and that this is <laughs> as Justice has been tweeting, and that actually um, <laughs> this is Jordan Love's time to shine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know. Sometimes again, sometimes the thing that makes very little sense is what happens in football. So maybe we're just the perfectly stupid, nonsensical thing that this season needs Um, or that this playoff weekend needs at least. Uh, And if it's, and if it's this version of a Packers team that slays the proverbial dragon, that is the San Francisco 49ers. That'd be Uh, pretty sweet. It would be be really really sweet. I was trying to think of where it would rank in like most gratifying wins of recent memory or even as in our time as Packers fans. And I feel like it's definitely top three. Like, yeah, it's up there. (sighs) It would have to be. I felt pretty gratified. Like the, the Lions game on Thanksgiving was like the beginning of turning the corner for this Packers team. And I was like very gratified by that win because I just expected to sit down, watch my team lose and then go eat too much food. And it was the opposite. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, but in the grand scheme, you know, over my football watching life, maybe it's not, that's not top 10, but this season, that's a good one though. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel reinvigorated. I'm I'm so back. I'm back in love with a new quarterback. No pun intended. Like I'll defend him to the death now and I'll just love him for another 12 to 15 years until he loses his mind. Yeah. (laughs) All I got to do now is uh, work for a radio station and spend hours upon hours transcribing interview footage of him. And Mm -hmm. soon I will know every little cadence of every way he says words and I can edit the audio waves without even actually listening to them because I can recognize them in shape. And then you will Um, truly, the the brain worms will have truly taken over. (laughs) We're gonna have to poke. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, guys. Um, That's it. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, Keep it locked into the podcast feed. Justice will be on uh, tomorrow as we record this on Friday, uh, previewing the division round playoff game Packers at 49ers. In Santa Clara, <laughs> in yeah. somewhere far away from San Francisco, for some, some reason. suburb, forty-five minutes outside of, San literally Francisco an hour probably. away. Yeah. Come on, guys! Can they slay the dragon? Can we punch back against Shanahan? Hope so. We'll see. Either way, we'll uh, we'll see you guys on the other end of it, uh, either celebrating a win or uh, sweeping up the debris from the rest of this season. Um, yeah, that's all for them. I'm me. Let's go, Pack Go.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.